2: Strong and get it. the birthplace of talk radio. I see all these idiots and fools and jackass on radio. What an introduction that was! Holy God! My gosh! Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here. Okay? Yeah. It's
3: such a bizarre
2: yeah. war. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. But I don't see reason for Americans to sense extra fear or to have extra anxiety as they go about their daily lives. This is Ed McMahon, and now he. Armstrong and Getty. Yeah, and
3: keeping in theme with that clip there. The president tweeted last night, it's all you need to know. All is well. Okay. All is, okay. Good. Yeah, all I'll is go to well, bed. everybody. Guess I'll go to bed then. Live from Studio C. C, senor. Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today, everybody, we're under the tutelage of our general manager.
2: The Cat. The tat?
3: The tat? As in tit for tat. Oh, Iran's tat has come. It is a face-saving maneuver. Everything's fine. No world war. As you were, we will explain. Um, I thought uh, I thought a good general manager would have been the saxophones of war, because it's always the drums of war. I think it's unfair. That always it's never the, the, yeah. the keyboards of war. Right. The horn section of war. Sure. Why wouldn't it be that sometime? The drums of war. So you'd be in favor of occasionally unleashing the guinea pigs of war. Is, you know, the, the dogs of war. Exactly. Are, okay, the dogs beasts. are getting all of it. And the drummers. So you're going with the Iran purposefully hit some place where they do no damage? Yes. So they could say, we did something... I, I, I don't it was under, for domestic consumption. But I don't get the game, though. I don't. I don't understand the game. And I just need to accept that this is obviously the way the world works. When Putin sent in a whole bunch of soldiers, but they didn't have insignias on their jackets. Right. So the world couldn't prove that. We all knew what was going on, but it worked for some reason. And then when Iran lobs some missiles and they miss, and then they even announce, they make the announcement. Look, we there, there's nothing else coming, and we have no interest in a war. So they actually right. announce it. Well, what's the point then? Well, I I already explained it briefly. But if you but you're although the make... Ura- uh, the Iranian people don't hear everything we hear. Because their media is controlled. No, you're 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 right. Those smart college kids in the street that were protesting the last several weeks—surely they got it. They they're aware of that tweet. Yep. So I mean, so then why go through the histrionics? I guess you have to. You have to. The the halfwits in the streets are uh, are a huge voting coalition and or fomenting a revolution or not coalition, so you have to give them what they want. Give them something to hoot and holler about. It's face-saving. And, and the other reason I wonder why do you have to go through the histrionics? I, don't, I, I just I don't understand why it's face-saving. It, they must think so. They did it. Sure. I just don't understand why it actually is, since everybody mm-hmm. knows it was phony. But the reason it's so... um uh, It's such a, a dangerous game... You think there's nobody there, but what if you actually hit a jeep full of Americans who are somewhere you didn't think they were? Right. Well, then all of a sudden, there's a huge problem. That <clears> that <throat> is you're kind of countering your own point because okay, so it was pretty dangerous. The the way if I'm the mullah, and I am available for I don't know what it pays, but if you need a new mullah, I'm willing to at least interview. If I'm the mullah, I say, listen, we sent a loud message. We can plant a bomb right in Trump's eye if we want to, huh? We smashed up their airfield, but good. We took a swing at the bully. But we're men of peace here. We don't want escalation. They're the warmongers. So we sent a message. Now we're going to talk. We're going to rush to Geneva. We're going to talk. That's the way you pitch it if you're the mullah. I guess. Am-mullah. The saxophones of war. You have to be like war. an apprentice mullah first before you blow the saxophones of war. Or I don't, okay, Kenny
2: G sax? Sort of thing? Like one of those oh,
3: long, no, skinny no, ones? No, or one no, of the... no, no. Not the soprano sax, which is hardly a sax at all. I'm thinking more of a Clarence Clemens sax. Okay. A okay. nice honking tenor sax.
2: <laughs> yes!
3: The Barry sax, too flatulent, and in after, my opinion. And after the saxophones of war, you unleash the guinea pigs of war. <laughs> exactly. Um So let's introduce everybody in the squad to get started today. And then the four goatmen of the apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this is this is stupid. It is stupid. Sorry. Let's let's introduce the squad. We'll start there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael?
2: Pretty good. Uh, We texted each other when this uh, all occurred, and I'm very
3: proud of myself. Uh, Jack's going to steal one of my lines.
2: Uh, It was
3: funny. Yeah, that Iranian TV has just pulled the Apprentice reruns. (laughs) So because, it has escalated. That's <laughs> because we got a reality show star as the president. Wait, what?
2: Once on that television program.
3: Um, there is a positive Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean?
2: Doing very well, but I am on the precipice of doing something that I have never done. And if a week ago you had asked me, hey, Sean, do you ever think you will be doing this thing in your life? I would have said, absolutely not. Okay, you've got my attention. Uh, I am close to returning food to a grocery store that I bought it from. Really? Yes. <laughs> Wow. Uh, I bought a a a gigantic, and I mean big, uh, bag of tortillas because you know you, it, it's it's an edible plate. What's not to like? Uh, the the flexibility is unmatched. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I got about three tortillas into this bulk bag of tortillas, and they're starting to mold a little
3: bit. Oh, how long you had them? Never mind how many tortillas have you at? I'm going to come at this like a
2: lawyer. Uh, the, when did you uh, open it? I opened it probably about a week ago. I had had it in my cupboard for about four days before then. The expiration date is still not for another 12 days.
3: You got a week and a half old tortillas. Next case. Dismissed.
2: Sorry. Those
3: tortillas are old. It's disappointing. Do they usually last
2: longer? Oh, absolutely. I have gone through these same bulk bags of tortillas before and not had a problem. Now, sure, towards the end of it, they may get a little more more stale than moldy. Right. I think think
3: think they sold you some old food and hang around forever. It's like (laughs) a... It's like I bought crickets for our gecko the other day. Uh-huh. I get home, all the crickets are dead. Geckos only eat live crickets, you see. Yeah, and uh, it's similar to your tortillas. Oh, these yeah. were old crickets. You yeah. had these around on the shelf for way too long. What's I say deal? return them with a really somber face. Gecko crickets <laughs> is the name of my uh, my new. Uh, Indie band. Uh, yeah, go with a friendly face and an open heart and say, hey, these molded just a couple of days after I opened them. That's that's not normally what happens. Can I exchange that? I'll exchange it for you. So I was looking up. You're an honest um, man, Sean, and it shines from you. <laughs> so I was looking up the uh, response from Iran because they had to make a strong statement after they did their uh, whatever they did. Right, right. This is what they said to their people. Although I got to believe that most of those college people are rolling their eyes. All right, whatever. Yeah. yeah but anyway, so the, uh, the 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 official government statement last night was, "The bones of Americans in the region have now been shattered and their cries of pain can be heard." Yeah. Wow, that's good. I tell you what. Hey, I was watching CNN. We didn't hit anything. (laughs) Western world. I don't don't know about bones shattered and crying in pain, but we didn't hit anything, according to CNN. Western world, way better at economics, way better at science, way better at human rights. But the Middle East, in terms of overheated rhetoric, cannot be matched. This is one of the best ones I've ever heard. I love that. The bones of Americans in the region have now been shattered, and their cries of pain can be heard. Yeah. Part of the reason they're so good at that in Iran is because they torture people all the time they torture dissidents they torture gay people they torture women who show their hair and systematically rape them to teach them to follow the mullahs and the imams and not get out of line so they're real good at that rhetoric there but that'd be like so all you people who are online making it out that, that Trump and America are the bad guy you're out of your minds but it'd be like so if I go up to this big guy in a bar because he uh, I don't know he said something to my my wife. And I go up to my and I say, "Look, I-, I can't look like a wuss here in front of my wife, so I'm going to come up. I'm going to ba- I'm going to barely hit you, and then I'm going to walk away. Okay, you know what I'm doing here. And I'm going to go back to my wife for a while. Then I run up to him and I yeah. barely hit him, and then I run off and I say, your bones have been shattered. <laughs> your cries of pain can be heard across the bar. And they can. <laughs> exactly." <laughs> You look okay. You know, I was just going to throw out the metaphor that uh, the, the bully has punched you in the face in this scenario, and you take a swing at him. You feel a lot be- and then you back off thinking, all right, everybody calm down. Everybody, the bartender, the manager, everybody. Hey, can you keep it cool. You're going to feel a lot better than if you hadn't taken a swing at him. Maybe you took a swing and missed. But you can say to your wife, man, I just wish I would have connected on that punch. That's what Iran did. Your bones are shattered. Right. Then you go into the (laughs) shattering bones rhetoric. (laughs) I can feel, I can hear your cries. All right. In my sleep, I hear your cries. Now we're getting somewhere. So, uh, we got some new poll numbers out today we'll talk about later. We're less than a week away from a debate. It's interesting. All the candidates are now being asked about the Middle East, which is not a topic that I think Elizabeth Warren was excited about talking
2: about. Do you mean the last debate before the first vote of the Democratic primary? That's (laughs) That's good. That's good
3: right there. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah.
2: Um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's very
3: nice. Uh, very entertaining. Oh, Comes a lot get... Of did I get to the I'm Jack Armstrong? Did we do that? No, or no. Okay. Who's, nobody knows. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is Wednesday, January 8th, the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules or eggs at Mark. The United States is not seeking a war with Iran, but we are prepared to finish one.
2: No! Shattered bones,
3: et cetera. Can we uh, can we do a deep fake of that with Clint Eastwood saying it? Because that would be cooler. <laughs> we're not here to start a war with Iran. We're here to end one. Yeah, it sound it read it read better in print than when I heard it. Yeah, we're not ready to start a war, but we'll finish it. Yeah, yeah he's not. <laughs> Don't uh, <laughs> test us. <laughs> yeah, <and> deal, uh, <laughs> what do you we got have? Doing? The greatest military in the history of mankind. Text line four one five two nine five KFTC mailbag and so much more underway. CNN is now reporting that Iran contacted Iraq and said, look, this is what we're going to do, so get everybody out of the way. Then Iraq got hold of us and told us. So we were even, Trump was even ready to watch it on TV. We were so warned about it. Which explains why we, the United States, being aware of the mobilization of the ground-to-ground missile batteries and watching it all the while, let it happen. This is this is a good outcome, but, but what was all the uh, the launching
2: of the fighter planes and stuff that was happening? I don't know. I don't too. know if that actually
3: happened. That was. A, okay. I don't know if that ended up actually happening. But uh, well, we'll talk more about this later. We'll get back into it here in a few minutes. I don't want to get step on mailbag. Well, I we t- got all day long to talk. About well, I, I will tell you this: if you take in coverage of the news on, and this list would be fairly long, um, you know the networks and the major papers and their websites and the rest of it you it, well it's we are living in the incarnation of Mark Twain's famous statement that if you don't read the newspaper you're uninformed and if you do you're misinformed it is astounding to me how little interest American journalism has in helping people understand exactly what's happening. I prefer Twitter now for any big breaking story. It seems to be a way better way to get information, especially if you've got a couple of people in various realms of expertise that you like. Yeah, but I'm not even talking breaking news. I'm talking the next day, the next two oh, days. Oh, that stuff, there's no point. Yeah, you've got to drag your NPRs and your New York Times and your CNNs. You've got to drag them kicking and screaming to the truth, and they will literally bury it in the 14th paragraph if they feel like they have Well, as Sean has been saying for a while, and I've been slow to uh, adopt this, but I think it's just true, that, that's not the business they're in. I think that's what they'd say to you. We're not in that business. You think we're in that business. We used to we be. We used to be, but of. we're not in that business anymore. Right, wake up, you naive <laughs> fool. You're right. You're right. There's a lot of truth to that. Mailbag. That. I had to make a decision about Mailbag today. We received so many great emails about the state of the emergency rooms, particularly in America's blue states and cities, where bums and junkies have been allowed to take over, that it would have dominated all of mailbag during this segment. Wow. What I'd like to do is save it for a little bit later on and and talk about it. It is a glaring, a, a steering example of how the good people of a society have been subordinated, if you want a fancy word, pooped on, uh, if you want a more earthy word, um, by the do of the world who don't think through where their plans are going. Just screw up our, 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 our fabulous country. Anyway, yeah. da, 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 da. here's your freedom, love, and quote of the day from D.H. Lawrence. He's an old timey writer. Google him. Men An old-timey writer. F- men fight for liberty and win it with hard knocks. Their children brought up easy. Let it slip away again, poor fools. And their grandchildren are once more slaves. Just the nature of liberty. If you have it, you don't think you have to fight for it. There's some D.H. Lawrence quote I was into for a lot of my life. I think it is. Infatuation like the common cold will run its course. Hmm. That's good. For some Did he that do to me the one point. about... Um, Distance is to love as wind is to the flame. I don't know. Yeah, it will uh, extinguish the small and and, and, and enkindle feet. the the great. The great, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. a good one. That's good stuff. Knew his way around a sentence, old D.H. Lawrence. Uh, Mike Lyons uh, tweeted, but I'm going to use it as a mailbag uh, here because we're talking to Mike later in the show, our military analyst. Watch for people, politicians, military experts, Middle Eastern experts who'll try to goad the president into responding militarily to this strike even though it appears there are no US casualties. There's a word for those people, warmongers. Perhaps profiteers. Yeah, the uh there there's, you know, I don't know what Lindsey Graham and my and uh John Bolton are saying to people, but uh on Fox, you know, the the Tucker Carlson voice is pretty loud of don't let people drag us into another war. Mm-hmm. He's really against this. Yeah, I think Tucker's a little over the top on this. But um, anyway, we can talk about that later. Uh, Randy in Folsom, California, a uh, site of Folsom Prison. So uh, Folsom Lake and other things named Folsom because that's the name of the town. <laughs> to confirm the merits of setting a very low bar for New Year's resolutions related mm. to working out. Mm. This is a philosophy one of our uh, uh, beloved listeners espoused yesterday. And I'm all about low bars. Have been my whole life. Oh, yeah. You're known for that. There was a time in my late 20s when I'd meet my friends at the gym before going out to eat and then bar hopping. At the time, I always I was always tired after a hard day of work and maybe staying out too late at the bars the night before and not in the same condition as my friends either. Regardless, I'd go to the gym dressed for a workout, intending not to work out, but rather shoot the breeze than go to the more pleasurable activities of the sauna, then dinner in a bar. Although they laughed at me, we were good enough friends, I didn't mind, I held my ground by sitting on one of the benches, when it was no longer funny to, them, uh, funny to them, I eventually ambled over to a machine, started a few light and easy routines. wasn't look. Be- I'm sorry, it wasn't long before I looked forward to the gym to actually work out on a regular basis. And last I year always I w- gave myself the option to not work out. And
2: last year, I won the title of Mr. Olympia. That's right. <laughs> My name is Magnus Magnuson. I toss empty kegs into four-story windows in well, no, strongman competitions. <laughs> actually, actually, you
3: cynical fools. The gym is now in his late 50s and follows the same uh, policy and is in... In good shape and works out pretty regular. Low bar, folks. (laughs) (laughs) The secret to success.
1: (laughs) Armstrong and Getty.
2: Tomorrow morning, the president would be well advised to grab the opportunity
3: to get off this ramp to war. We do have enormous air and naval combat power that could devastate Iran in a high-intensity war. Iran doesn't want that, and neither should uh, the United States. That's old uh, General McCaffrey there on MSNBC, taking the he-better tone. I have a very strong feeling he will, if you're just uh, regaining consciousness... Uh, overnight, well, I guess it was it was last, late last afternoon, uh, depending on where you live, uh, Iran responded to the rubbing out of old General Soleimani by lobbing somewhere around 18 cruise missiles, uh, some sort of missiles, um, from Iran into a base, a U.S. air base in Iraq. Didn't kill anybody. And it appears everybody knew it was going to happen and it was intentionally a swing and a miss, but it was a gesture by Iran, especially the fact that they shot it from their own country and didn't use proxies or militias or whatever. They wanted their people to know we shot missiles at the great Satan. And well, they probably wanted to have complete control over it, because you put it in the hands of somebody else, and you don't know if they're going to follow the rules. Uh, that's an excellent point. The um, one thing they didn't want to do is so much as sprain the ankle of a U.S. service person. Uh, Senator Lindsey Graham has said that Iran's action was an act of war. So I don't
2: know if that's part of the off-ramp. Oh, for God's uh, sake, Lindsey. On the hawkest the spectrum, is he is he Rand Paul, or is he more of we should be in Lindsay all places? Lindsey Graham is as hawkish as anybody who's ever been in our government. He's okay. like a two-headed hawk at a county fair. <laughs> yeah.
3: He's like more than one hawk. I'm trying to think, is there anybody more hawkish ever than Lindsey Graham? Uh, you know, Him and John McCain might be in a So an would an the arrest, spectrum be
2: Rand Paul and
3: Lindsey Graham yes, on that? That's, okay. that's a pretty good, yeah, just a thumbnail sketch, okay. yes. yes. Especially I'd, in the Republican Party, but maybe overall. And it could be... It, and listen, politics is so much more complicated than the morons on the news generally indicate to you. But it's it's possible that uh, Trump is happy to have somebody, quote-unquote, to his right, more hawkish, screaming for war, and Trump gets to say, no, oh, no, yeah. no, 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 you, you have, time no, time for yeah. diplomacy. You, you, so, ne- yeah. you never know. He, he and Lindsey Graham might have sat down and, and scripted this out completely. You, I, you never know. High five. Lindsey had a mint julep. Trump had a Diet Coke. They formulated their plan. You know, and the more you think about it, it's probably not a great message to have going to the Middle East that yeah, everybody in the United States is on board. They don't want any military conflict. Nobody wants right. it. Right. Everybody's and afraid. It's probably a good idea to have some loud voice saying, oh, it's an act of war, and we should bomb him back at the Stonehenge. And we're ready to. And Trump's holding him back. I am holding this guy back, but I don't know how much long, longer I can hold him back if you keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, well said. Um, A couple other things that I have uh, come across. So the... Uh, Iran making the announcement that the bones of Americans in the region have now been shattered and their cries of pain can be heard. Well, I'm calling for America's orthopedic surgeons to to volunteer for service. One analyst said, and I thought this was really interesting, the more Iran disproportionately talks up the impact of these strikes... The more encouraging it may be that that is all there is. Yeah. Um, well, because if if there was more, if this was part of a strategy, a military, you know, actual an attempt to take us on, right? What would be the point of missing and screaming up shattered bones? Right. Right. Well, I and I'm glad you made that up because Iran actually part of their announcement was uh, this is it. We've had our vengeance. Well, yeah. Here's the whole statement, which is amazing yeah, from good. Iran, which makes which confuses me on why you even need to go through the whole the, the dance anyway but their their statement afterwards was Iran took and concluded proportionate measures in self-defense under article 51 of UN Charter so they actually felt like they needed to specifically name the huh. the, the the international law that right. allowed them to do this that's yeah. how careful they were being right it's a face-saving maneuver not only for the the regime but the people of Iran even and and listen it goes on to say, we do okay. not seek escalation of war, but we'll defend ourselves against any aggression. But they actually felt like they needed to cite their legal backing for, for shooting and missing. Right, right. It gives people cover, psychological cover, including the people of Iran. Even if you hate your regime, you don't like an outsider, you know, punching you in the face. People, it's and I don't and, like anybody punching me in the face. It's a good point. Uh, the mullahs understand this, and the, uh, the Revolutionary Guard understands this. If you run a crappy regime that nobody likes except those getting paid, which is a pretty good description of Iran, the quickest way to get popular support is to have an outsider attack you. And so, yeah, they're trying to let their people know, yeah, we stood up for you, we sure did. We punched America right in the throat and broke its bones somehow. <laughs> now they're crying in the streets or something. I, I lost track of the, the, the ridiculous verbiage, but uh, so yeah, there you go. But this is this is good. This is good. And listen, don't tell. Let's not say this publicly. And I hope the president doesn't do a touchdown dance because people die in war. Okay, we killed freaking General Soleimani, who is one of the great. Evil sons of bitches on the planet. Pardon me. We snuffed him, weakened the Iranian military, weakened their control of their people. We, oh, getting him was big. In return, they threw a couple missiles our way that maybe took out a softball field at the base. All right? Huge win. Now we get off and go on with pressure in Iran, seeing what the future brings. Yeah, Ian Bremer said this is the greatest moment for diplomacy between Iran and the United States in a long time. So, Luckily, we're talking to Ian Bremer on Friday about yep. his global risks and that sort of thing. and He can follow up on that. We just got this text. I can't believe it's been two segments in the show and you still haven't mentioned it's Elvis' birthday. By the way, he's alive and well and working as a Walmart greeter in Des Moines. Huh. I didn't know that. That's interesting interesting. Uh, we also haven't well, mentioned... he from the Midwest, more or less. I mean, Mississippi, honorary member of the Midwest. We al- also haven't mentioned much, and I'm fine with not mentioning much. In fact, we could not mention it at all for weeks to come. Uh, the fact that there is a presidential race going on. Mm. And, uh, I thought you were going to say impeachment, because I have a full 45-minute solid of impeachment talk uh, for you. Fantastic! I'll go across the street. Is that what all those
2: props were for in the hallway?
3: <laughs> exactly. I have a chart, several props. I can go across the street and get myself some breakfast. It was 20 years ago last night that the Senate convened in the uh, Clinton impeachment. Isn't that something? It is. It's kind of it's kind of weird that I mean it's. you know. Do you like round numbers, Johnny? Because <laughs> that that's the one right there. No, it is. It's funny. 20 I, that years, too, same yeah. day. We're doing the same thing again, and with similar results. Yes. Yeah. Although uh, there was a fair amount more bipartisanship of the need to uh, at least go through the exercise back in the day. Right. But we have this presidential race going on. There is a debate on Tuesday in Des Moines. Bernie Sanders is tied for first place and have been taking shots at Joe Biden and they're getting a little chippy. So perhaps we'll have a couple of 80 year olds. Throwing verbal haymakers at each other there in Iowa. That'll be exciting. Well, I'll tell you what. Bernie is going on the attack hardcore about Biden's vote for the Iraq War. And fair enough. Mm. you know. But uh, I heard Bernie grilled this morning at length by a liberal news outlet. And I was surprised they actually called him on how weak his answers are about foreign policy. He had nothing but criticism for Trump. And and fair enough, of course he's going to do that. Criticism of the Iraq War, fair enough, turned into a disaster, the implementation of it. Um, But they pressed him over and over again. What would you do? What's your policy going forward? How would you handle Iran? He had nothing but greeting card slogans. Well, nothing. That's, that's not his wheelhouse, and that's fine. You don't need to have... And Well, if you're president, you need to have many wheelhouses, but when you're a U.S. senator, you don't necessarily. Well, yeah, but we're getting to crunch time, and it's not fine that he had just weak answers. And Elizabeth Warren, I saw her interviewed this morning, and she clearly was not as comfortable talking about the Middle East as she is about Medicare for all and uh, the downtrodden and how they need to be lifted up and all that sort of stuff. Right. It's just, it's the funny way elections work. Um. McCain ran at a time of war against Barack Obama. And so he was going to be that, look, I'm the military guy. I know all about war. We're in war in Iraq. This is how we're here. And then the economy crumbled, and it was all about the economy. Mm-hmm. Come election time, nobody was talking about the war at that point. It was all about the economy. and So he was talking about economics, where he didn't sound as comfortable um, as he did talking about foreign policy stuff. So, you know, it's hard to pick the right candidate because you don't know what events are going to unfurl before you get to an election. Yeah, yeah. I also heard uh, Elizabeth Warren interviewed, and she sounds exactly like Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon on Saturday Night Live's imitation of uh, Elizabeth Warren is stunningly good. It is so good. Fantastic. Um, But she ain't got nothing on foreign policy either. Tucker Carlson on Fox Every Day is doing a segment on uh, the West Coast bum explosion, particularly focusing on San Francisco. We'll have to hit you with a little bit of that later. It's absolutely amazing, and as, as we've been pointing out all along, um even if you don't live in one of these areas where uh, the bum explosion has happened if it if you do live in one of those areas you talk about it a lot with your friends and family it comes up almost every day right because you run into it every day well not only that but thanks to social media and and, and the rest of it i don't care where you live be it omaha chicago or 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 you know or, or milwaukee wherever There are significant forces within your politics right now who are advocating the same Looney Looney Tunes policies that got the blue cities and states where they are. And they are going to push you hard to adopt the compassionate ideas of the left for dealing with the bums and junkies. We're here to warn you, run from that. You know what we got to play when we come back? Because we did this late in the show yesterday and everybody should hear it. One of the standouts from this year, that word was standouts. One of the standouts. Close enough. I know. but my You know, I used to just let it slide, Mm -hmm. which is probably a good idea, but my wife calls me on every time I do that, or my kids do. We say a lot of words. We're not going to get them all right. (laughs) My my wife and kids call me on every stumble. And, uh, you know, keeps me on my game. I need to enunciate. I need to start talking like an actor. Well, Um, maybe. (laughs) It was late in the show when we brought you what is the standout from the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas this year. Ah,
2: yes.
3: (laughs) The breakthrough in technology that could change your life. No home should be without one. (laughs) Stay tuned for that. Coming up.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty
3: Show. Among the many robots here, Charmin is in the toilet paper brand, has a concept robot that will roll around your home, bringing you toilet paper in case you're trapped on the john. Evie Chai is with the Charmin Project. If there were Uber for toilet paper, this would be it. Right yeah. now, though, it's only a concept, but Sharman says they think some kind of robot that brings you toilet paper would come in handy. It could even be connected to a voice. So say Alexa or Google, uh, and then you just say, hey, I need toilet paper. But since it's not on the market for now, you're going to have to get toilet paper yourself. Is that where we are? That's the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Every year they unleash the greatest, latest technology that exists. I have a feeling, based on some of the headlines out of there so far, they at least for now have reached the limit of things they can tell us that we'd get excited about. Because (laughs) a robot that will bring you toilet paper. Okay. Yeah, that's... Uh, I've had, if well, there were an please. Uber for toilet paper, this would be it, Joe. Well, that's <laughs> exciting because Uber is something I've heard of. First of all, uh, that happens to you like a couple of times a year, maybe. So I got a... <laughs> well, right. It's not that big a deal. So I got a robot, his only ability... Hey, it only cost me $9,000. Is to bring me toilet paper? <laughs> So I've got to have a different robot to bring me a can of beer, a separate robot to bring me, I don't know, my, my hat before I go out. I'm, I'm going to have a garage full of single-use robots, Sherman. No, it's a pretty good publicity stunt, but that well, is idiotic. I saw this headline, CES officially opens with more sex tech. I think that's also an indication that they're kind of flailing for ideas right now,
2: that it's a lot of sex-related stuff. At the CES? Oh, yeah. <sighs> There's longevity Band-Aids, there's... Uh, yeah, this, this
3: this Band-Aid, not going to get into the details, because there's a little more you need, but it's a Band-Aid you put on a certain part of your body... Down there. ...that uh, slows down your, uh, your, your, your... your no, re- reaching down there. ...reaching the end of your sexual pleasure. I see. slows it down oh, for I it. it you want it to last longer. I'm tracking with you. It's a numbing agent, apparently. But that's it, that consumer electronics show? That sounds more like a pharmaceutical thing to me, but... Or do you plug it in? Well, I, like I said, I think it's a sign that they're kind of flailing right now. So we got all this, we got all this information. We got the most powerful computers that have, that have ever existed. We got the internet. So now, what should we do with it that we haven't already done? Well, and to a pretty significant extent, we've decided that a lot of this stuff is bad for us. Right. So that brings me to this. By the way, the president is speaking a little later, and uh, I suppose we'll bring that to you. I, I we absolutely will. He's the president. I full uh, <laughs> respect would be uh, nice. All right. So I read. The, I got into this book uh, during the break, called "The Machine Stops" by E. M. Forster. Perhaps you recognize that name for like high school or college. He wrote a bunch of books that you're supposed to read in high school and college. What uh, era? Uh, this book was written in like 1905. Oh, okay. So a long time ago, the machine stops, and it's a, uh, it's um, it's, it's amazing what he foresaw. And the reason I got sucked into this is I. Read a number of articles about uh, the past decade, and and you know what the past decade meant. What 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 went on during that decade? Mm-hmm. Um, that that is significant. And one of the things there's no doubt about is just is the whole rise of smartphones staring at your smartphones you know that whole thing that all happened in the tens that might be and number 1 that might be number 1 and that's a major change i i i don't doubt that i could look back on that era when i'm 90 years old on my deathbed and think man that was that's when everything changed right um I don't think this is a blip in time or anything no it's it's different forever, yeah, and so I read a number of articles about what the what that's done to us and many people agreeing it's in many ways made us worse we're we're more we're more anxious, we're killing ourselves more, we're more isolated, we're more fearful, we're more all kinds of things in fact, I don't think i came off I don't think I came across a single article where anybody was singing the praises. Of this change. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a single article. I can't think of one that I've seen. No. Pointing out the upside of all this. But anyway, somebody mentioned E.M. Forster's book, The Machine Stops, and how he foresaw all this. And I and I read that book, and it um, it's about a people who live in isolation. They live in little rooms with um, scenery projected on the walls, whatever you decide you want. Mm-hmm. And you're all alone. You only communicate people with through these little viewing devices, which is exactly you know your computer screen and your <laughs> so smartphone. So far, so accurate. Yeah. And the people have grown so uncomfortable with actual face-to-face communication with others that they just dread it. It's a horror if you have to go out and actually talk to somebody face to face. Wow. You only want to communicate through messages and uh you don't even really want to talk to them like on the screen. Mm-hmm. you just send them a message and they get and then they send you a message right but sometimes you'll talk through the screen, but you absolutely do not want to communicate face to face boy don't uh, most of us know particularly young people like that well, yeah, yeah, absolutely and eliminating all inconveniences to a level of if you dropped something on the floor, the floor would rise up to bring it back up to your hand. Or your toilet paper robot would grab it. Or your it. toilet paper robot, or, you, your, you know, or your or your your Internet of Things that turns off the lights so you don't have to walk three steps. your sex bot. Very similar sort of thing. And what it did to people, and it made everybody miserable and fearful and, and, and paranoid, and it was weird, and everybody was just alone in these rooms taking in information and pleasure and being afraid. Um, and I thought, well, that's a—that's uh, I don't know how he understood the human psyche to realize that's where we would take the technology if it ever existed. In God, in 1905, there's no reason to even think it would ever exist. But right, it just—it was an understanding of human nature in the same way that Orwell had. Uh, just to understand this is the way humans are. This is the way they would react and right. presented these circumstances. Beware. Yeah. Yeah. And, wow, uh, that's unbelievable and, and at that time. And so I was at Cousin Christmas with a whole bunch of people. I was in a room full of, of people, aside from my parents, that we were going to call the Uber Eats person to order a bunch of food. And everybody's like, I'm not calling. I'm not calling either. Oh, no. Oh. Everybody's recoiling. I know. Oh, having to call somebody and talk to somebody. Like high school, college age people yeah. who who hate the idea of talking to a human being on the phone. Too stressful. It's, it's just too stressful. Wow! And staring at their phone all day long, constant communication every moment, all day long with other humans. Can't talk to one on the phone or in person, but terrified of any level of connection any higher. And I that. know a lot of people like that. That's not that's not an outlier. I know it's yeah. not an outlier. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's weird where it's taking us. Yeah. Wow. How does the beast evolve? Do we just continue down this road and yes, I think go the we way do. of the dinosaurs probably? I, I think know. we get more fearful and, and and anxious and uh and and inward looking. For better well for not I was gonna say for better for worse. For worse. There's no for better. Wow, so okay. There's well, no stopping it. Wow. So good morning. Wow. Good, that's, afternoon. That's good evening. Enjoy so we're your doomed as a species. Again, the way of the dinosaur. Yeah. Enjoy it while it lasts, though. <laughs> I do like the idea of the floor raising up to bring me stuff when I drop it, though, because I would just raise you up, too, though. No, no, no. It's a (laughs) series of tiles, John.
1: They're independent. Armstrong and Getty.